Uh, hi, my name is Marilyn. I'm a food addict, and it's great to be here with everyone. Um, I came into program in 1978 at 21 years old. I'm 66 now. I have not left. That's the one perfect thing that I've done in this program uh, is that I never left. I'm grateful to be here. I haven't felt the need to leave. Everything that matters now in life to me um, is really contingent upon me staying abstinent and sober. Um, I was, I've lost 120 pounds since my highest weight. Uh, I've been abstinent now by God's grace. Um, I've been in program. This is my 40, 45th year. Um, and I've been abstinent for 39 years continuously. So I don't say that with any, you know, I don't, I'm not a star VIP. I don't need any badge of honor. I don't need anything. It's just, I humbly say that God has done for me what I cannot do for myself. Um, what I could not and what I cannot do for myself. Uh, I couldn't stop eating. That's why I came here. It's, I, I couldn't stop. I, there was nothing that I could do, no diet, no pill, no trick. Um, I just couldn't stop. Once I put the food in my mouth, I couldn't stop. And I did a lot of um, fasting regimes that I had made up on my own um, that I would not eat for a couple of days. One time I didn't eat for a week and then I was going to break it with something that was flour and sugar. I was going to have one of these things and I ate a dozen of these things. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I think people know what I'm talking about when you just have like a sugar rush. I, I mean, I was sick as a dog, um, but I always, did, that was my kind of dieting. There was nothing sane. Um, I went to a, a group called Tops, take off pounds sensibly over the years. I never took off a sensible pound. Um, it was always some kind of like extreme dieting, like hang gliding or something, you know, like doing all liquids or drinking, you know, some kind of special potions or eating one particular food. Um, and, and it was never, there was nothing balanced about it. If there was one particular food I could eat, then I wanted it to be something low calorie that I could binge on. And I drank diet soda till it came out of my ears. So I could binge and drink diet soda and binge on something like lettuce and you can lose some weight doing that. Um, and I, I just, it was crazy. It's not, it's, that's no way to live. Um, drinking so much soda, I had so much gas and gastrointestinal problems. It was, it was crazy. So I'm grateful today just to not be doing that. <laughs> so, um, but what was the worst part of my disease upon reflection now is the suicidal ideation. I, it was just something I thought about all the time. I wanted to kill myself. I hated myself. I had this committee in my head, in my voice, um, of, of I'm bad, I'm horrible, you should just die, um, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly. Um, this is, this is, these are the voices that I had in my head. And now I know it's, it's the disease. Um, it's, if we have a higher power, there's a lower power. Um, there was definitely a lower power operating in my life because it wanted to kill me. Um, but it talks about, in the big book, it talks about the fear, doubt, and insecurity of this disease. Uh, I think it's on page 68. It says fear shot, uh, shot through the fabric of our lives, you know, and it destroyed everything. And God didn't, God didn't give me that spirit.
spirit of fear. In fact, I, I read the Bible and it said, for God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's actually a Bible quote. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I didn't have a sound mind. I gave my power away to this disease and to anyone else who I thought might be thinking something about me because I was a real people pleaser. Um, and I, you know, the fear, the fear just controlled my life. And so I, I, that none of that was from God. None of that was from God. Um, so all the dieting that I did wasn't going to treat this illness that I have um, that is physical. Yes, there are certain foods I can't eat. I can't eat foods that trigger the phenomenon of craving. For me, I learned that was flour and sugar initially, and then I came to know that it was gum and sweeteners, sweeteners for sure, soda, mints, caffeine. Um, I put those in, and it's like waking the sleeping giant. The phenomenon of craving comes over me. Um, So there are foods that I cannot eat uh, and I don't eat. Uh, But then there was the mental part of the disease, which is kind of what I explained of this committee in my head of self flagellation and self-hatred and suicidal thoughts and planning my suicide. And, um, and then there was the spiritual sickness, which really encompasses everything that I've already described, wanting to die. God gave me life. God gives me an opportunity every day to live. Uh, and I, I didn't know that life was a gift. I just wanted it to end because I had so much pain in between my ears that you know, constant narrative in my head and, you know, that I, my, my eating progressed so that not only was I dieting to stay 120 pounds heavier, but then I discovered vomiting. Um, and that's a whole new life. That's a whole new arm of the disease, um, and insanity. And so the eating and vomiting, I lost 50 pounds eating and vomiting. Um, I did things like, you know, take X-lax, eat boxes and boxes of X-lax, I, I was doing insane things, um, and then the eating, pretty soon with the vomiting, um, I, I was doing it up to 10, 12 times a day. I could have stuck my, and I say this to, to be graphic because I want to remember it and in case anyone else is doing it, um, I could have stuck my fist down into my pelvis by the time I was done. I had no more gag reflex. I just couldn't do it anymore. My body was sick. Um, my hair was falling out, my teeth were loose because I started doing speed. I started taking pills. I got them on, I started with a diet doctor and then I got them on the street. Um, you can buy amphetamines on the street, which, which meant that I was hanging around with really nice people. Um, so, but they were all sick. Um, they were sick people, but they, they like to do buy drugs and deal drugs. I mean, these are people that I would never be around in a million years. Um, but my disease brought me there. Um, and so I'm grateful that I, that's, you know, that's me. Like I, I look back and I think, who, who was that? Um, who, where did I, how did I end up there? But I can tell you how, because I'm an addict um, and I needed my drugs and I didn't want to gain any more weight. Um, and I didn't want to you know, have experience, continue to experience the consequences of my eating by actually gaining weight, which is why I started vomiting, why I started doing pills, why I started doing 
laxatives, all of that stuff, it just led me down a path that was going nowhere, heading towards death, heading towards depravity, moral depravity, heading towards um, just, it was dark. It was death. It was a lower power living. Um, So when I got into program, I was grateful. I go to 90-day format meetings, um, which suggests that you have 90 days of abstinence to share. Um, When I first started in program, we didn't have that. And so a lot of the sharing at meetings was about, well, I really should do the tools, but I don't. And my sponsor says I should, but she doesn't do them either. And so there was a lot of people dabbling in the tools. Um, and there came a wave through program, and I'm very grateful. And I was definitely on the development team of every way to do this program that absolutely will not work for you. Um, but I, I, we, got, we got take no prisoners abstinent about the tools and doing the tools and not just talking about doing them, not thinking about doing them, not making excuses for why we're not doing them. We actually did them, and lo and behold, the tools and the discipline, along with the food plan, um, they work. They work. And there's someone who, who had coined the phrase that the tools are the handrails to the steps. And obviously, one of the, the first tool is abstinence. And the first step is I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable when I eat it. And so the food had to be down. There was going to be no progression mentally or spiritually unless the food was down because the food made me drunk and it altered my state and it made me feel like I was crazy. Um, And I was crazy when I was eating. I was doing crazy things, which makes it appear as though I'm a crazy person. Um, You know, with the the eating and the vomiting and the the money that I was spending on food, money that I didn't have, um, by the way. And so I'm so grateful um, that, you know, I, I stayed in program and with a, with a group of people that were sick and tired of being sick and tired. There's, a, there's an old saying in program um, that G-O-D, good orderly direction, G-O-D, the gift of desperation. Um, I got the gift of desperation. And at that point, if my sponsor had told me to stand on my head, spit nickels while I'm spinning around, I would have done it because I was so sick of living the life that I was living that I would do anything. And so I look, that's the blessed bottom, the blessed bottom, the point at which I'm sick of it. I'm sick of doing it my way and I'm going to do it someone else's way. So what I learned about the way um, to do this was that I needed God. God had to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. So I couldn't just dabble in quiet time either. I had to make a concentrated effort to ask God to help me. And I, I couldn't sit quiet uh, when I first got abstinent. I was jacked up on caffeine. Um, so the caffeine had to go, which is, you know, I discovered the caffeine in program. Now people come into program and I think they hear a lot about letting go of caffeine. They certainly do in the 90 day format meetings, but um, I didn't know then. I was high on caffeine, and there's actually caffeine is a neurostimulant for people who have a tendency towards anxiety. Um, there's actually, it's been proven, studies have been shown that people who have a predisposition towards anxiety, that, that caffeine can stimulate anxiety attacks. And I don't know any addicts that don't have a predisposition towards anxiety. So <clears throat> I'm grateful I discovered that for myself um, and actually have been able to help other people with that. 
Um, and, and just from a practical level, as far as abstinence, if I was drinking something, you know, coffee black, I wanted something in it. You know, I wanted stuff in it. And so, you know, just letting go of that. I drink water. I mean, tap water, bottled water, plain water, you know, lukewarm, hot water. I don't do bubbles because that sings and dances for me. So I keep that really simple. It's good for my skin, good for elimination, good for detoxification in my body, um, which is good. Um, I keep the food simple. I eat three weighed measured meals a day. Um, I'm grateful for that. I plan it the night before. I write it down. I take things out of the freezer. I make sure the food is in the house. Um, and the only time I don't have the, the protein in the house is if I'm going to buy fish and the next day I can buy fish fresh. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I have food in the house so that the next day, no matter what happens, the, that food is there. It's in the house. Um <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm clearing my throat. Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I plan my food. It's like a prescription. It's like this is how I'm going to get better, and this is what I'm going to eat in this amount. It's, it's like anything. If I had needed chemo or I needed um, to have dialysis or some other deadly illness, I would want to get the prescription exactly correct in the right amounts at the right times. Uh, in the right, you know, administration route, I'd want to do all that. And that's the way that it is with the food. Um, and so we, you know, they eat four to six hours in between my meals. Um, I, you know, prepare the food simply. I don't make it sing and dance. I used to put so much in program. I used to put so much condiment on top of my food. You couldn't see what was under it. Um, because if I had a free food, um, then it, I was going to abuse it because, as an addict, there is no such thing as a free food for me. Every food has its toll, which is why I, I weigh and measure my food. And that's the food that nourishes me. I feel great about eating. Um, I, it's just that peace. You know, it's like I want peace. Uh, I want peace around my food and serenity around my food. And when it's committed and written down and weighed and measured, then I have peace around my food. I don't change my food without, if, 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 you know, the rare, very rare occasion I need to change my food, if I'm sick or something like that, I call a sponsor. I don't do that on my own. It doesn't matter that I've been here a long time because I'm an addict. I don't want to bamboozle myself. I was so used to lying to myself about food. Oh, you can have one and get right back on, and you can eat over the weekend and start on Monday, or you can eat through the holidays, and then January 1st, you're going to change your whole life. That's going to be the day for the rest of your life. And that was all a lie. I couldn't do that. Um, and so that's why abstinence today is the most important thing. I get to live 24 hours a day. And so in that day, I need to do my tools because the tools are the handrails to the steps. And the tools are that dam that is up against that, that just wall of food. Um, so I need to do those tools. I need to ask God for help. I need to take quiet time. I think I mentioned that before, um, which means that I read spiritual literature, that I sit quiet, um, that I listen to what God might be saying or speaking to me. Uh, it means that I am asking God for help, praying for others, um, and I add spiritual literature that has meaning to me. Um, and it's about God. It's all about God. God doing for me and asking that God would do for me what I can't do for myself. And there are many prayers in the big book um, about, you know, third step prayer, seven step prayer 
Um, those are prayers that have meaning for me. The promises in the program have meaning for me, which is why I study the literature. I was told when I first came into the program to study the literature as if I was taking a college course and I would be tested on it. And this disease is one that tests, tests me, um, which is why I'm so grateful that my head is full of the big book. And if you're new and you're thinking, where do I start? I say start page 30 and 31 and read it every day for at minimum a year. And if you want to read other stuff in the big book, that's fine. But read page 30 and 31 every day for minimum a year because it explains exactly what is wrong with me. I have to smash the delusion that I'm like other people. Um, it, I'm like a man who's lost his legs. I'm not going to grow back new legs. I'm an addict. There's no point at which an addict after a period of sobriety becomes a not addict. Um, that doesn't happen. It's never happened in the history of AA. And I've been around here long enough to know that it hasn't happened in the history of OA. It just doesn't happen. I'm an addict now, and I'm going to be an addict every day for the rest of my life, which is okay, because I have a recovery program. Um, I have to pay attention to it, and I have to avoid any activity or anything that would lead me back closer to the food. Um, I sponsor people. I have a sponsor. It's great not to be alone. I was so alone in my disease. It's great to have someone to run things by, to someone that's supportive, um, and someone to teach me. Um, addicts have to become teachable. Addicts are allergic to flour, sugar, and being told what to do. That's a big part of the, the disease, so I had to become teachable. Um, I had to learn about anonymity. Uh, I appreciated anonymity because I was so... I never told anyone anything. I, I had a smile plastered on my face. And meanwhile, I was so depressed, I was suicidal. But I, if anyone asked me how I was, I said, fine. Um, that's the way that it was because, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Don't air your dirty laundry. All those messages that you get growing up. I, I never talked to anyone about any feelings that I had and what was going through my mind. And so I'm grateful that I learned to do that in this program. And therefore, I could have other people give input, input into my life, godly input, um, and caring input. I didn't care about myself. I was surprised that people wanted to talk to me. I just couldn't believe that my sponsor would pick up the phone the next day after some of the things that I eventually learned to reveal to her. Because have one minute, I, Marilyn. Uh, okay. Um, I have a minute and 25. Okay, so um, I, uh, I am um, so grateful that I, I, I was able to, uh, you know, to grasp uh, this program and ask God for help and be able to, you know, do what the program is that is required and do it like my life depends on it because that's what I do today. I weigh and measure my food. I write it down. I call. I make minimum three calls a day. I take a lot of calls. I work with newcomers. I like to talk to people that are new. It reminds me. They say, don't, don't forget to remember. Remember what it was like. And um, I'm grateful uh, that I do remember. There's nothing, there's nothing that I, 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 in the past for me, uh, in the food. There is absolutely nothing in the food for me. There is nothing. Uh, so I'm grateful um, that I, I do service when I'm asked. That's why I'm here. And I'm grateful to be with all of you. My telephone number is 978 Wait, wait, hold on. Do you want me to stop the recording first? <laughs>
Oh, yeah, and I was going to remember that. Yeah, sorry. Hold yep. on. Let me stop let me the stop recording. That.